want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. Hopefully you're checking us out maybe on HiPodOnDad.com or on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple, Amazon, all these different places you could possibly be. If you are, do me a favor, leave a like, leave a rating, leave a review, leave a cookie. Who doesn't like cookies? Even Santa likes little cookies now and then. So yeah, share, do it. Uh, so if you are on any of those places where pods are casted, where we're available, please do that. It helps people find out about the show. It helps people discover us, listen for themselves kind of partake if you will in some of the things that are said here also by the same token if you're on amazon if you are on the page with my latest book the expectant father's activity book do the same leave a rating leave a review those those reviews and those ratings on that page do a lot to kind of help spread the word about the activity book and it means a lot when you do that right now we have about 13 reviews up there it's great uh love to hear what you guys have to say if you want you can even drop me a line let me know your thoughts I've been very excited about getting that book out there. We've been doing tremendous on Amazon. It's uh, consistently the number one new release in pregnancy. Hopefully, we're going to be a bestseller uh, within the next week or two. That'd be pretty exciting. It's funny. Olivia, my daughter, had told me, she said, Dad, if you become a bestseller, I'm going to make you a cake. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. You don't have to do that. She goes, you just have to buy me the stuff to make the cake. I said, I'll, I'll do that. You don't, you don't have to do that. You know, I'm getting all blushy and everything you don't have to make me a cake and she looks at me with this like dead serious look in her face and she goes daddy i want to make a cake and i'm like oh is that what it's about (laughs) okay cool you can make me a cake so uh yeah get me some cake give a rating give a review pick it up let me know what you think Uh, as i've said many times this book is is more than just an activity book and it's more than just something for expectant dads it's the kind of thing that you could use at a baby shower there's games inside and kind of funny trivia things that you can do is for, you know, expected moms. It's for anybody who's ever met a kid. Uh, I was thinking about this, man. This is for gender reveal parties. And if you have somebody in your life who's going to be a dad and doesn't know it yet, what better way to kind of let them know kind of one of those you're going to be a daddy type of surprises. You hand them a book that says expectant dad right on the cover. And they're like, oh, who's this for? And you go, that's for you. Because you're an expectant dad. And they go, oh my God. By the same token, too, you can also use it to freak people out. Just be like, I got you this. Why? <laughs> You'll find out. And then just kind of walk away and smile a little bit. That's how my brain works. It's fun. But yeah, do me a favor. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Rating, review, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys for letting it really become something that I've gotten to share with you. Something that's become successful on Amazon. It means a lot to me. You can pick it up at Walmart, Target, pretty much anywhere where you can get books. Barnes & Noble. They have it there. Let me know what you think. Yeah. What a week. It has definitely been a lot of fun this week. As you guys know, I do the the blog twice a week. This week, no exception. I wrote blogs throughout, you know, Monday, Wednesday. I'm going to talk about Wednesdays in a little bit. But on Monday, I wrote about resting dad face, which is what I, I kind of have right now. It's that numb face that you get 
when you can't really freak out. And I know a lot of people on, you know, on Twitter and things like that. I had read somebody who said, you know, have a breakdown in front of your kids. It's the pandemic. Let them see you being real, you know, and I'm not, I don't know. When it comes to my daughter, uh, Lucas a little bit too, I like to be real. I like to let them know and I'm, I'm struggling with something or something's kind of tough for me, but I, I, I go out of my way to kind of hold it together. I think there's a big difference between being real in front of your kids and having a breakdown in front of your kids. I don't, I don't want to have a breakdown in front of my kid. And because of that, I have to, to really sew my, my emotions together once in a while because there's plenty of times where it would be great to have a breakdown as a grown-up, whether it's, you know, at, at a store, at a retail place, or waiting on, on the phone for customer service. Your call is important to us. Please hang on the line. You're like, oh, you want to just smash everything? But you don't do that. You're an adult. You're a grown-up. You move forward. And that's what I wrote about on Monday, kind of that numb, blank, dad expression that I give every once in a while. So if you get a chance, check that out. That's on Hi Blog. I'm Dad. Again, we post it twice a week. I have it up there on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, and on Fridays, I come back here with the podcast. So today is Friday. Yesterday was picture day for my son, Lucas, uh, at his school. It's the first one back after, I guess, the pandemic. It is the first one of the year. Um, and I say that for a reason when I say the first one of the year. Usually people hear picture day and they think, well, picture day is a day. No, not when you have a child on the spectrum. Usually picture day is a series of days because <laughs> you do the makeup and then you do the makeup for the makeup and then you eventually go, we should probably throw these pictures out. Uh, Lucas has had some very interesting picture days, very interesting interactions with cameras in the day. One of the things with being on the autism spectrum, at least for him, is it was always hard to kind of focus him, especially for a camera, to get him to look. Some kids on the spectrum have a hard time with eye contact. Lucas struggles a bit with eye contact, but he's actually pretty good. And I hear that from people a lot when they interact with him, professionals and therapists. They go, his eye contact is so good. And it is, but it also implies it's not, you know, as you would expect from a nine-year-old. He won't just stand there and like look you deep in the eyes and show you his soul. No, it's kind of like a glance. He looks at you, hey, how you doing? Walks away, gets his attention. So I'm very proud of how far he's come with doing that. But a lot of Picture taking and things like that involves eye contact. It involves looking at a particular spot. Lucas is not a, a pointing kind of a kid. If something comes on TV and I point at it and I go, Lucas, look at the TV, he probably won't do it. He has. We've worked on it. Even in his room, if I want him to get something, I point at it. It takes a little bit of a, a prodding, but he eventually does it. That was something that we worked on for years. But it's a common thing, and it's something that a lot of parents in my position have dealt with, where getting your child to look up getting your child to take pictures, you know, the old the old cameraman going out there going, hey, hey, say smelly pickle, say smelly pickle, and the kid goes, smelly pickle, and they laugh, you take the picture, he doesn't do that, it's not a lot of that. So because of that, picture day has been difficult <laughs> through the years, we've had some interesting ones, and I got to tell you, hats off to his teachers and to the people that he's dealt with and, you know, his aides and things like that, because they have gotten me some imaginative pictures. I've gotten messages at the end of the day, like, you know, Lucas did a great job today. We we came up with a great plan. There was one year where they wrote to me and said, you know, we were able to get a great picture you're going to be really happy with. And it's actually, to this day, is my favorite picture day picture he ever took, where he's looking over his shoulder, kind of like behind him with a smile like, hey, apparently they had made like a noise behind him. And when he turned around to look over his shoulder with like a grin on his face, they snapped the shot. So it's a really cool picture like, hey, didn't see you there. 
but I knew what it was. And the reason why I know what it was is because a lot of my pictures of Lucas are kind of candid. I know you guys see them. You see them in the blogs. You see them on the, not so much on the podcast, but on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook at Hi James Gutman. That's my tag everywhere. But I have a lot of pictures of him that I post, him and my daughter. It's funny because as they've gotten older, my daughter's gotten difficult too because she's 12 and she just doesn't want to take pictures. But with Lucas, it was always a matter of getting him to look. So I often make the joke that all of Lucas's pictures are candid because I would take 100 pictures to get two good ones. I would go, Lucas, and I go, I don't know if you could hear that. That's the sound of me clicking the clicker. That would happen over and over and over and over again. So I have series and a series and a series of pictures, all the same stuff. So if you go through my camera roll, you'll see like 20 pictures at the park that look almost identical, with the one change being that he looks up slightly at one point. So we do a lot of that, but to his credit... And this is something about my son that I love that he's done this. And it's something that it's across the board and everything. Just like I have had to make alterations in my life. I've had to change some of my expectations, change some of the things that I do. He's made changes for me. And because of that, Lucas has ended up becoming a great picture taker, at least for me. And it's something that Olivia did too. And my daughter was little, a baby. And we have video of this, which was adorable. She knew that when the camera came out, she would have to smile. And she was like her one-year birthday. She's like playing, and she's eating this cake. And every time the camera would come out, she would just stop what she was doing and immediately look up for a big smile. You can't see my face, but it was really cute. Squint her eyes, big smile, and go right back to it. And it was like a second, a second, a second of her just doing the smile because she knew that's what you wanted her to do. Same thing with Lucas. Lucas knows now when I go, Lucas, look up there. I do the picture. He looks up. He'll look at me. He waves. The wave is his big thing. You don't have to wave, buddy. Put his hand down. Don't wave. You don't have to wave. You don't wave again. Don't wave. A lot of his pictures are him waving or him looking up real quick. He's learned to appease me. He's learned to do that for me because he knows how much it means to me. He knows how often I pull the camera out, how often I take pictures of him. I love it, man. We do, um, I don't, I was going to say, I don't know how he's come to put certain things together as it relates to pictures. But as I said before, when you take a picture just of him, his instinct is to wave. He thinks I want him to wave. Hi. You know, when we take a picture together, the two of us together, and we do like a selfie, as the kids say. We take a selfie together. He wants me to kiss him every time. Every I go, I go, look, a smile. I go like that, and he looks up, and he leans his face in. I go, you don't have to. I don't have to kiss you. And he puts his cheek right on my mouth, and then he goes back to his his thing, as if his way is being like, this is what the picture is, right? Are you kissing me on the cheek? So I have a lot of pictures of me kissing him on the cheek. I have a lot of pictures of him leaning on me. We've taken some really good shots, and he's just learned to kind of go with the flow. And I love that about him. It's it's something my son's done for me. And it's something that took work. It genuinely has taken work. I go back to the early days of my kids. And in 2012, I had heart surgery. I had a quintuple bypass. It was shocking. I was 35. Didn't see it coming. If you don't know this part of my story, it's pretty messed up. Uh, I had heart disease I didn't know about. I had a surprise quintuple bypass. I ended up in the hospital. And when I was in the hospital, I had one picture of my kids that I kept. I have it right now to this day. It's right above my computer. It's on a shelf. It's the only, as I look around my desk, I only have one picture near my desk. And it's just one picture of the two of them from that hospital stay that I used. And it's the two of them sitting there. And it was a post picture because we would still go to these picture places. You know, you go to like Sears or whatever. I think this was actually called The Picture Place was the name of the place. It was at a mall. And we brought Lucas and he was, you know, just about like one and a half. He was just running around. He was getting to that age where he was just learning how to run. And 
we tried to take a picture of the two of them over and over again. And it was, in a word, hell. It was terrible. This picture is beautiful, if you were to see it. The picture is Olivia. She's in this beautiful little Alex P. Keaton-looking kid. And he's smiling, and he's sitting like a Cabbage Patch doll, but he's got like his, his legs are out and his arms are out, right? And this little seated position, like, eh, like he's like weeble wobbling over. And it looks like he's just like boisterous and jolly and happy. What you don't know, and this is why I love this picture, is that the reason why he's in that position is because immediately, as soon as they snapped the shot, he sprung from his seated position and he took off out the door of the picture place. Now, the picture place was in a mall and he took off down the hall. And I remember he got up and he started running. And I'm like, oh, I'll come back. And he was gone. He was like, Vroom. I'm like, oh my God. He used to be a runner. He used to be a really bad runner. So he, he was out of the mall. And I remember I chased him through the mall and I got him. And it was so much work to get that picture done. And this is something that's been a common thread or was a common thread for a very long time. Lucas wouldn't sit for pictures. Lucas wouldn't deal with pictures. Lucas was at that running phase where he couldn't do pictures. We actually had an issue uh, many years ago where we had um, brought somebody in to do a photo shoot. Lucas's mom had brought in this woman who supposedly specialized in, in autism photos. And that was just her way of getting in the door, I imagine, because she was awful. And I remember I sat back. I'm like, well, she's a professional. Let her do this. You know, she was like, autism photo specialist. And this was one of the first times where I learned that when somebody says that they're autism friendly, or an autism specialist, sometimes they just say that stuff just to get more business because sometimes it's nonsense, like haircut places and stuff. So this woman came and tried to take pictures and he had none of it. He wouldn't stand still. He wouldn't stop running. He wouldn't even look at her. And she was just like, and I watched her like sighing and like shrugging her shoulders as I sat on the side, just watching this debacle, just watching my son run around in circles until eventually... I stopped him and I brought him, Lucas, come here. What are you doing? Come here, come here. I took his hands because I've always known how to, how to calm him down. I know the tricks. I know the things that he needs to, to kind of take pictures and to be cool and to stop running around for a second. And I did that. And that's how we got any of the pictures that day. It was all because of me. And I remember as soon as the first time I did it, she saw me calm him down. She was like, oh, she ran over and started snapping pictures. The irony being that she ended up charging us anyway uh, at the end of the day for all these pictures that pretty much I was the response. <laughs> the person responsible for, uh, we ended up paying her to put them on a, on a CD. And I was like, I'm never recommending this woman to anyone ever. But that's it, man. And I think it's, it all comes down to your kid. I think you know a lot of us, depends on how much you love pictures. Look, I'm a big picture guy, like huge. I have, to this day, give you guys an idea of, of what I do. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I have so much footage of my children that there is no doubt that their entire lives are documented. For the first I guess three years of Olivia's life and the first year and a half of Lucas's life, I took videos of them all the time. And at the end of every month, I would take the videos, I would burn them onto a DVD complete with a menu, music on the menu, and then I would design a DVD cover and I would call it Olivia the Movie and I would have pictures of the kids on it and I would put the cover, like the paper insert into the cover of a DVD and I would have finished DVDs. I should probably put a picture of these on Instagram. I probably will do that. And I would have all these DVDs. Olivia the movie, Olivia and Lucas the movie. And this one, I have volumes of this, up to wazoo, of all these DVDs. Not only that, but the raw footage. I filled up a 500 gig drive 
that's done. It's already filled up. And now I'm onto like other things of pictures and videos, just thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures. I love doing it. Before I used my phone, I used to have a little blue digital camera. We use that for everything. Just tons of pictures. I love doing that. So when you really love taking pictures, when you really put a lot of work into making sure you have pictures, that's something where you have to figure out, well, how am I going to get these kids to be into it? How am I going to get them to enjoy it? With him, there were a few things, man. Lucas used to like, Lucas wasn't a big smelly pickle kid. You know, say smelly pickle. He didn't like that. So I would go, Lucas. And the higher I would do my voice, and I'm not going to do it here on the show, but you can get an idea. I would do like a high-pitched Lucas, and he looks up and he would smile. And I would go, get all the shots in while he was grinning. And because of that, we have so many pictures. And it's something that I've, I've tried to use. He's got a, his, his friend Christian. The two of them went to the park. And I was able to get a picture of the two of them. I put his arm around him. And Lucas stood there with his arm around his friend. And we took a picture of them. And it ended up being a great picture. And just these pose shots of him. And I don't know. It's always been happy. I actually wrote this week on Wednesday for the blog. I had written about uh, you know how Lucas eats the laundry. If you haven't read it yet, it's called No Eating the Laundry. That's the name of the the blog. It's pretty much about sensory issues. It's about stimming. And it's about the fact that Lucas chews on a blanket. There's like a cloth blanket that he really loves to chew on. He shoves it into his mouth. It is the most freaking disgusting thing that a cute little boy could ever do. Uh, he drenches it. The thing is disgusting. It hangs from his face. Like, oh my God. Touch. He goes over to give you a kiss with it in his mouth. He's like, oh buddy, all right, you're cute, but Jesus. Uh, it does it all. Olivia screams, oh, his blanket touched me. I'm like, yeah, it touches everybody. It's bad. But when he can't get a hold of the blanket, he goes into the laundry room. He starts eating the laundry. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Are you eating the laundry? And that's an issue. So we deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, but a lot of the pictures that I have of him where he's smiling, immediately before that picture is taken, I pull a blanket out of his mouth. So I go, Lucas, come here. Come here. Oh, come here. And I pull it out. I go, smile. Cheese. And he smiles. And I give it back to him. And he, he puts it into his mouth. And we just go on with it. But we do that for each other. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that's something that, you know, and I, I've written about this and I've talked about it before, the fact that, you know, as as a child with autism, I think so often we as parents, we write and we talk about them as if they're people that we have to kind of, you know, alter our expectations for and alter our lives for. And it's true. I'm not going to pretend like, you know, like we don't do that for each other. We do that for everybody. A family does that for each other. And that's what we have to remember. Lucas is great. And having him as a child is very similar to having, you know, a neurotypical child, as they say. There's things that, that are the same. There are things that are different. Uh, but he's fantastic. And I don't think it's as hard as some people think it is just because it becomes a part of your life. Some of the things that we have to do for him that are unique are things that we've gotten used to, things that have just become a part of our lives, and things that, because we love him, are easy to do. However, there are certain things, and we tend to focus on that when we talk about it. But there are things that he's had to do for me. And taking pictures is one of those things. And I think anybody out there who has a child on the spectrum, has a special needs child, you know those barriers that you've had to get over and gotten your kid to uh, deal with. Things that they've done, whether you wanted them to you know, sit nicely at the table, whether you've wanted them to, to wash their hands or put their, their dish in the sink or something that you've wanted your kid to do, that in all honesty, you know, they're doing for you. You know, Lucas throws his, his plate in the sink. At the end of every meal now, whenever he's done, he picks it up. I go, buddy, where does it go? And he puts it in the sink and he looks at me. And when he looks at me, I know that he's looking at me like, are you happy? Was that good? It just means a lot. I mean, I know that I'm teaching him a life lesson. It's important, but it feels good. Pictures are kind of a little bit more just for me. There's not a lot of life lessons in pictures. Yeah, it's good to be able to take them. Good to be able to smile and good to be a part of the group. But um, 
Yeah, I feel every time he does take a nice picture or something like that, I always feel kind of proud and I feel loved. You know, I feel like it's a good thing. So that makes me really happy. So yeah, picture day for him was yesterday. Did not see his class, uh, his regular picture yet, but he did take his class picture, which is always adorable of these kids just all kind of sitting in chairs. And I don't know, he just, he sits like this little like, yeah, what are you doing? Like he's got, he's got this like a little man sitting thing. He's in a chair, like leaning back, like Archie Bunker style. Like, yeah, that's my boy right there. Uh, I love it. I always loved his class pictures. It's one of my favorite things. So I'm, I'm always happy on, on class picture day with him. And I'm glad for the, the sheer amount of photographs that I have to save forever. So yeah, next time you start thinking like, oh, you know, it's really hard sometimes to do some of these things and some of the things we have to adjust to. Like, I mean, again, I wrote on Wednesday about him eating the laundry and that's, you know, it's a humorous story. It's about sensory. It's about stimming. Uh, but at the end of the day too, it's also a story about kind of the difficulty sometimes of, of raising a child like Lucas. Like you don't expect somebody to be eating your shirt after it comes out of the laundry. Like you don't wash a shirt, you dry a shirt, you go through all the laundry problems. And then you have a kid, you know, rummaging through it, throwing it on the floor and chewing on your clothes because he thinks it's, it's comfortable in his mouth. And you're like, what are you doing? And yeah, that's a real story. And it's a real thing. But by the same token, I'm sure if, if he could write his own story, he'd be like, every once in a while, this guy shoves his phone in my face and I got to look up. I got to like smile or something. So I think we all kind of do stuff for each other. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what families are for. And that's, that's kind of something that makes me smile when I think about it. Which to tie it all together is really just one of those examples of even though I have resting dad face and even though there are plenty of times you got to kind of hold it together for your kids, we all have times where we're happy. And we're happy for our kids. We're happy for our life. And as frustrating as things can be, of all those mornings when my son wakes me up by throwing his toys over the gate this morning, in particular, being a very difficult one, one where I was like, dude, what the hell? Clothes and socks just strewn about the hallway. And you get up and now I'm like, I'm going to make him pick this up. Now I'm annoyed, but it's like 5.15 in the morning. I'm like, pick it up, dude. Pick it. He's looking at me. I'm like, please pick it up. Please pick it up. Uh, for all those moments, there are happy moments and there are good things <laughs> thrown about. And that picture stuff is definitely one of them. We've actually had a really good week with Lucas that hopefully I'll be able to update you guys on soon. As you know, he's nonverbal. We struggle with language. He's not the kind of kid who, you know, once had language and lost it. He's just never really gravitated to that. He doesn't really repeat, doesn't really do things, but lately has been babbling a lot. It is really... I don't know. I hate to, sometimes I hate to say adorable because he's nine and he's a little man and he really is a little man. He's a little beefy boy. So to say, he's so cute. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know, diminishes him as a, as a dude, but he was so cute. My God. And he'll just sit there and go, yah, 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 yah. What are you saying, buddy? Saying, yah, yah, yah. And now I'm singing like the yin yang twins. I'm like, yah, yah, yah. Like we're, the two of us are going back and forth. Like doing this, like mumble rapping, but it's been very exciting. And that's something too, that before I close out here today, I definitely want to remind you guys of, because so often, especially on the internet, a lot of what we do is snarky. A lot of the stuff that we do that people want to read about and they want to care about are the things that express, you know, tired or like, you know, just like, I don't know, overwhelmed. Even today in this, in this podcast, I try to find the positives of it all too. But overall, if you were to listen to it superficially, you would say, oh, this guy's got, you know, it's kind of rough for him to take pictures of his kid, you know, and, and the tone sometimes is a lot of like, oh, being a dad, you know? So it does, it comes off that way. And I know a lot of how we reply to everything is very like, Oh, hell of a 2020. Oh my God. Like it's, it's always, you know, oh, so overwhelming. And I get that, but there are definitely, definitely bright spots 
throughout life and throughout things. And that old phrase that, you know, bad times don't last, that's that's real. You know, just like good times don't last. I think so often that we're we're so willing to look at the fact that good times end, you know, hold on to these good times with your kids. They're not going to last forever. We remind ourselves of that all the time. You know, these days aren't going to last. Cherish them now. They're going to be gone. But meanwhile, when it's a bad time, I mean, in our head, it's like, that's that's it. That's for the rest of your life. And it's not. You come out the other side. Good things do happen. And for me, honestly, 2020 has been a mixed bag of a year. But I, I would be remiss to not say that it's overwhelmingly, I think, been positive. I think good things have happened. Uh, good things are on the horizon. I'm very excited for not just the blog and the podcast and the things that I've done and the things that are coming up, but just everything in general. Uh, it's a good year and it's a good future and it's a good life. So I want to remind myself of that. Hopefully, if you guys need to hear that today, you're hearing that from me as well. Um, yeah, it's been it's been some good stuff. And hopefully, it'll just continue to be good from here on out. That does it for me. Uh, do me a favor. Come back on Monday. New blog. Wednesday, new blog. Next Friday, new podcast. Pick up the Expectant Father's Activity book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. You name it. Get it from a guy on the street. If he's got it and he's willing to sell it, buy that book. Give me a review. Let me know what you think. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Uh, until next time, this is James Gutman saying be well. Bye-bye. I'm Dad. <laughs>